With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Very, very, very big podcast today. Uh, going to have DeAndre Swift coming out later. But first, it is going to be an incredible stand-up and overall comedian, Ronnie Chang. And also, a freshly cut David Ingber. If you're watching on the Facebook, right, the Facebook, on the BR Gridiron page on Facebook, you are looking at a cut David Ingber, who you are about to see, got his hair cut while we did this podcast. And it looks great. How do you feel about it? Yeah, you're at, we're, we're sort of giving away the game here by showing the end product because we're recording this intro afterwards. But you know what? Like, I think it looks pretty damn good. Uh, my in-laws think it looks pretty damn good. Everyone I've been Zooming with over the last 24 hours thinks it looks pretty good. My wife is the only one that's like, I got to fix this. Oh, my God, you can't go out in public like this. But, like, look, the, the sides are a little bit faded in. You know, the, the hair kind of, like, comes to a, a point. I'm glad we're showing it because we really didn't get to pay it off. Right. But what you will hear as you listen to this podcast is moments of fear. Moments of regret and moments of doubt, as 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 David just said, his wife Emily was trying to cut his hair, and there was a few times where she turned scissors backwards, and I and David didn't have his glasses on the entire time, so he had no idea what was going on. Uh, but you know what? Look, I'm sure that when you cook eggs, you are more critical, and your wife goes, "These are great eggs," and that's what's happening with your haircut. My wife uh, is kind of on the Chris Sims, Chris Sims, Brian Westbrook bandwagon of the concept of eggs are so disgusting to her that she'll never enjoy my omelets or anything. But other people, yes, I, I see what you're saying. They, they would enjoy my eggs and I would be critical of myself. So first, it is going to be a very fun conversation with Ronnie Chang, where I think you guys are going to like at the end, we played a game. What are these famous sports people's biggest annoyances i'm not selling this well at all (laughs) guys like lebron and bill belichick what do they do during quarantine that is annoying their family and friends and we went through a long list and it's all about thinking about them as real people right we think about lebron and bill belichick as these like mythic minds of the game and but like at a certain point they're just dads living at home right so they have to be doing the same sorts of things that your, your wife or your roommates or your kids or whatever they're driving you nuts with, I'm sure these guys are doing it as well. So we, we sort of delve into that. Here is our conversation, conversation with Ronnie Chang and stay afterwards. A nice little conversation with incoming NFL running back DeAndre Swift. This is a very big show and I need everyone to get ready. Why? Because one of the people on here is an absolute star, and I can't believe we get to talk to him, a correspondent from The Daily Show, a movie starring Crazy Rich Asians, and in my opinion, my favorite Netflix comedy special that I saw this year, Ronnie Chang, Hell yeah. Asian comedian, destroys America. If you are paying attention, something's going to come right at the end and punch you in the face, and you're going to love it. And the other reason this is amazing is because David Ingber is getting his hair cut during the podcast, and he, as soon as we stop Ronnie, that's when the haircut has to stop. So whatever his wife Emily gets done, that's <laughs> it. Damn, yeah. we are that style for content now. This is what it's come down to. You're going to have David but, haircut. 
Yeah, well, look, I mean, I'm here. We're in quarantine. This might go on for another three months for all we know. So we're getting ready. We're going to be hunkered in. This is my wife, Emily, here. She's never cut anyone's hair in her life. Not herself, not me, not not our child. She's never cut anyone's hair. I'm putting a lot of faith in her hands. And so did, as soon as I get the towel on, we're ready to go, right? Did she watch a YouTube video beforehand? She okay. did watch a YouTube tutorial and she talked to her friend who just cut her husband's hair with disastrous results. And she said that uh, she, that her, that friend of hers watched the exact same oh. YouTube clip. So we're going to see how this goes. Um, Ronnie, how is your haircut situation? Can I see the flow? <laughs> I actually... I'm wearing a hat to disguise nice. it, but I haven't cut my hair in a while either. Wow. So, I mean, Emily, if Emily's haircut walks out, I might have to go to your house and get my yeah, haircut. Yeah, my nat, I'm, the Jufro is just luscious right now over here. All right, so good <laughs> yeah. luck to you, David. Uh, whenever she's ready, she can begin the haircut. <laughs> Thank you. She's good to go. She'll start whenever she's ready. I'm hoping <laughs> you get like double mohawk right now. Um, Are you good? Wait, does, is Emily confident about this, or is this she's just gonna... no zero confidence level? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was I'm on the much more confident scale. I'm like, look, if you're really good at this, like you're just gonna cut my hair every month for the rest of my life, and like my yeah. friends are gonna line up get cheap haircuts from you. She's like, no, no, this is gonna be real bad. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. did you at least point to a photo of some like athlete or someone you want to look like, or are you just going for it? I took out like a photo of Joe Jonas, <laughs> and she was like, no, that can't be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is weird if emily does too well it's an it's a kind of an audition it's a career change if she does too well right. yeah <laughs> man i hope she butchers it no emily um ronnie i it's funny because ingber was like man i would love for you to talk to ronnie he's the man by the way he's got this and i was like he cracks me up on the daily show he does these sit down interviews and i i can't believe people are in on it or not because I feel like of all the correspondents, you are the most brash. Like, I feel like you say the craziest shit to people's faces. <laughs> um, yeah, I try to. I mean, that's the, that's the job. And uh, no, these guys, it's not, you know, it's not set up. I mean, it, as far as they know, they know it's the Daily Show. Right. We, don't, we don't lie about anything. We know it's Comedy Central. But, you know, they, they come on and they're, they're, they're willing to... Um, uh, talk to us and give their point of view. And we just kind of let them, you know, oh, talk. And we, we really don't edit people out of context or anything. I mean, that's a big no, no. So, you know, what we, what you see is real, what you get. So I always enjoyed that process. And then I, I'm being very serious to all the listeners. If, if you got time right now, go on Netflix and watch Ronnie, Ronnie's comedy special, because Ingber knows I'm kind of a comedy nerd. I like structure. I like storytelling and the, the train story, man, that just, I literally hit pause and texted Ingber and was like, he fucking got me. Like, it was great, man. Uh, <laughs> thanks, man. Uh, it's hard to talk about without context if you haven't seen it. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's that, you know, that's the, uh, I, you know, I feel like comedy specials should be special and they should have like uh um, like a bigger point at the end of it. So that's kind of what I was trying to do with the, with, you know, my first Netflix special. So the, the listeners of this podcast, they know Ingber from like me talking to him uh, as his wife is discovering whether, which way she should hold the razor, which was so scary right there. <laughs> what was that, David? Did you know what she was doing? 
This is a, a novice in action. You're getting everything. <laughs> she, she did just ask me, do I hold it oh, this way or that no. way? Which is uh, not the most comforting thing for your barber <laughs> to ask you mid haircut after she's already done five That's or six weird. swipes. But you know what? We're going for it. I, I just, I really would love like, uh, like, you know how Joe Buck has been doing sports play by, play calls by. from his apartment? That I would love someone to be like, and now she's taking out the Clippers. We're going to see where she's All going right, with this. Next time yeah. there's well, a big move. I'm going to go on mute, the though. Next time there's a big move, I'm going to do play-by-play. Ronnie's going to do color commentary, and we're going to handle it. Sure. <laughs> But wait, Ronnie, what is, what was, yeah, that, who is Ingbert to you? Because ev- all of my listeners kind of know him football-wise. How do you, like, what's your relationship right. with Ingbert? That's interesting. Yeah, I was, um, my, I, I moved to America in uh, September 2015, and uh, I'm a huge sports fan. And so naturally, I found my way onto the kicker, which is, which was like uh, the onion, but for sports. And I just thought it was very funny. And um, I think I, I'm, man, I can't remember how I got linked up, but I basically just started con- uh, contributing to it. Yeah. And Ingbo was one of my contacts there. And so I just started contributing like um, headlines or, or articles to the website. As he gets I think it was through up. Brian Tucker, who was the head writer for SNL mm-hmm. at the time. He was the one that knew both of you and me and he put us in touch. Yeah, but how did I get in touch with Tucker? Did I just cold email him and say, hey, can I write for the site? I can't, I can't remember how I, what happened. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes he would just email me and be like, I know this guy, Ronnie Chang from The Daily Show. Maybe he knew Roy Wood. I think that's how it started. Or Hassan uh, yeah. Minaj. Maybe it's Roy. But anyway, yeah, well, you know, Paul went out for the kicker, man. Thanks, thanks yeah. Facebook algorithm for killing some good content on... Uh, it was definitely, yeah, one of the, uh, the unfortunate collateral damages as, uh, you know, as things happened, as, as the internet changed very swiftly... In like 2017, 18, and 19, I, there were some unfortunate I, losses in the internet. In the I don't know. I don't know if you can talk about this, but how crazy was it that Facebook changed the algorithm? It was killing the content, and you guys, as the content, went to Facebook and said, "Hey guys, you're, you're killing us. You gotta stop with the whatever the hell you're doing." And they were like, "Uh, sorry, the, you know, that's just how it is." And then the content died. And that, I, mean, well, totally. I don't know what the point definitely that was. changed. I, you know, if, if anyone's been running or working for a website since 2010, you know that like the rules change every six months. It feels like different right. algorithms, different things like, oh, you have to do this on YouTube now, or you have to really, you know, make sure the first three seconds of your video are very important, or you have to have really, everything's all about thumbnails now. And there was all these changes yeah. and, uh, you know, things change all the time, but now I'm over. A now we got to cut your hair. You got to cut your hair on, on, on live TV to get to top of the <laughs> That's the, the main number one thing crazy. on Facebook. They said you have to get your hair cut during podcasts. That's the number one algorithm thing. So we're, we're like, hair. all right, let's we'll just lean into that. Left goes I next. Um, you're, you're in yeah. Australia right now, Ronnie. And I know, I, I read yes, that you lived there for a decade. What is your, what's your relationship with this country? Yeah. Um, I came here for college. I came here for law school. Actually, I moved to Australia for law school when I was, uh, well, I was 18 years old. Um, law school in Australia as undergraduate. Mm-hmm. So I came here and uh, I I did I, I graduated and then I just I stayed here to do stand up comedy. So I actually started doing stand up comedy here in Australia, and that's kind of like uh, the way we do comedy in Australia is you know we do kind of longer storytelling right here in Australia. You know, as compared to like New York City where everyone's kind of like a super punchy, you know. Um, jokes per minute in Australia they kind of tell longer stories so the storytelling aspect kind of comes out of 
Australia and the UK. I mean, the other, uh, one of the main premises that I really liked from your special was the laziness and Amazon Prime. And now, man, I mean, Amazon Prime, like, how crazy is it even going to get now after quarantine with our reliance on <laughs> delivery and convenience? I feel like it's never going to come back. Right. I mean, you know, before lots of paradigms have shifted. Uh, I think before the coronavirus, uh, it was more of a luxury. And uh, now it's kind of like a necessity because you can't necessarily go out to get stuff, especially if you're old or if, you know, God forbid, you're, you're not, you're, you're sick. So, uh, yeah, it, it's become, you know, Hold on, these we've got breaking actually, news. Emily is currently in the shower laughing and there, and the best part is she's working on the back of the head. We have no possible idea what happened. <laughs> Ronnie, what are you noticing right now? Uh, I'm, I'm seeing a little, uh, a little nervousness on the part of Emily and, uh, you know, she, she seems to be trying to. Uh, figure out how to correct an error, but we have yet to see. As you can see, I'd like to point out. One I was going to say she's like fidgeting with the razor. She's this. fidgeting with the razor. You know, Adam, Emily I like to see a play by play. my hair. <laughs> that is a thing throughout our marriage. Like anytime I trim my beard in the sink, she just is disgusted by my hair. So this is like really overcoming a phobia while learning a new skill <laughs> at the same time. I like to see a play playback. Actually, if we could. Let's let's we'll take another look. For She's you. clearly grossed out with the hair. Um, <laughs> wait, but uh, yeah, so it went from uh, yeah, I have Amazon Prime. I don't pay for shipping, and now yeah. everyone's doing it. I was having a conversation the other day. What are the things that are ne we're never going to happen again? Like we're never having a salad bar again, in my opinion. <laughs> well, hey, some of this stuff going is not a bad thing. True, you know. You, no, no, um, no bodega salad bars. I mean, I, I never understood as someone who moved to New York, I was like, this, the, this, this, this does not make sense. I'm not walking There's in way here too much getting food. chicken Parmesan. It didn't make sense to me. <laughs> yeah. And nothing makes, that doesn't make sense. And by the way, not, not free shipping doesn't even make sense. Like in America, I know we're kind of used to it. Yo, in Australia, there's no. There's no such thing as free shipping, first of all. And if you, if you manage to get shipping, it takes like two weeks to go from like, you know, a, a, a cities which are like an hour yeah. apart. So I have no idea how in America there's this much free shipping that quickly. I actually, it doesn't make sense. I read an article about this concept called invisible asymptotes. And this is ridiculous. Where, what happened now? I didn't see. No, Emily is now laughing uncontrollably at something that happened. So she's really, so again, she's working on the back of my head. So I have no idea what's happening. I also had to take off my glasses, so I can't even see what's happening in my computer screen anymore. I can just see blobs. I see like a shape of Lefko's head and a shape of Ronnie's head. I can't see myself at all. So this is going to be a huge surprise. To me. I hope Everyone she's wants, writing like, Emily in the back of your head. Feeling. That's my hope. <laughs> <laughs> she would be doing something with. Way worse than just writing her name. She would like like put like a unicorn outline in the back of my hair or something, okay. which actually be great. So Ronnie, the concept was is that these companies can have crazy growth, and then something happens that limits them, and they have to figure out what that is to reach what Amazon is today. And and apparently with Bezos, it was shipping, and he realized that no matter how cheap he could make the entire process, people would get to the screen where it said four ninety nine shipping, and that that extra click made it so hard that he said, just get rid of, make all shipping free or make people pay in the beginning of the year for the concept of free right. shipping. 
and and they'll pay that ninety nine hundred. Yeah. That's crazy. No, that no, that totally yeah, that's that totally makes sense. Uh, well, that make everything you just said makes sense. What doesn't make sense is still how the how the fuck is shipping free? It doesn't what what who who where how there's people running around in, in New York it, in two hours. Not, where guess, where is look, it coming let's from? Let's say it's a hundred dollars if they get. I, let's say a hundred million people to spend a hundred dollars a year on Amazon Prime. I guess they do the math, and that covers it. I guess they're not expecting you to order one thing a day. Look, I mean, it's it's <laughs> one of the mysteries of the business that I'm too stupid to figure out how Amazon made that much money, but or how how it gets free shipping. But let's get back to the action here. After spending time with the razor, Emily has now moved to scissors on the side of the head. There appears to be some blending uh, going on. This could be oh, back to the razor. Yeah, she's going for a deep fade. <laughs> right back to the straight razor. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's very heartening that Emily has not stopped laughing ever since she has started this process. Uh, I think she's building in confidence, though. Look at her going straight in. She put the attachment on. Oh, what is that, number two, gosh, number three? Oh, my gosh, that was What's so she... reckless. Number four. She's going to go number four. That way, if she makes an error, she can go even lower. All right, I am gonna, I'm going to put the odds at four to one that the, the, the extender falls off and Ingber loses a sideburn. That's what I'm putting the odds <laughs> I, I, I want to see a, a, the slow-mo camera from behind, actually. Uh, well, you're just, yeah. you're, you're, you're giving, Ingber, you're, David, you're giving us the reveal. You should give us real time. Just see the process. Oh. Yeah, That's not they, bad. Not, not bad so Okay. <laughs> Ronnie, I saw on IG, one, you called the Nets the best team in New York. <laughs> and I feel like there's a joke there because I also saw some pictures of you holding up a Knicks jersey. So which way is it? <laughs> Wait, where was I holding up a Knicks jersey? There's one where you're holding I up a they... Knicks jersey and you said, everybody's lucky that I'm not going to train for the celebrity game. What? Did I put, did I do deep that? in the IG. I'll pull it up right, okay. right now. That's really deep? But, oh, no, no. Adam, wait, are you a New York guy? I'm a Philly guy, but I've been in New York for six years. Okay. Okay, well, listen, this, listen this, whole, this whole New York sports thing is extremely complicated. All I will say is that the Nets have given me courtside seats, and so now I'm all mm. in. <laughs> Those guys, no, but honestly, I mean, I grew up like a, I'm a huge basketball fan, period. Um, and I don't really pick teams because I just love basketball. Yeah. But hey, that, that, you know, that uh, mid-90s Knicks team was a lot of fun, man. With Camby, it was underdog. They were underdog team, right? They, they had, I remember when Marcus Camby was going up against uh, David Robinson and uh, Tim Duncan yeah. by himself because Ewing was injured oh, man. and he was still holding his own. It was crazy. That Knicks team was crazy. So it was a lot of fun to watch. Who were your watch favorite them. players to watch growing up? Um, it was, I mean, everyone's going to say Michael sure. Jordan, right? He's the guy who... So Jordan aside, it's actually Nick, Nick Van Exel. Um, uh, really like watching uh, Houston. Alan Houston was one of my faves. Oh, Sprewell, Houston, those guys. I actually really like watching um, uh, John Stockton, Carl Malone. Oh, right? Run I fundamentals. mean, the legends. Love all that stuff. Olajuwon, all these guys. Yeah. So I, I, my relationship to basketball is um, I just 
I just love it. I genuinely love it. I don't even look at teams. I just look at how people Bro, play. Bro, not only you did know, you play. go front row to the Nets, you went front row to LeBron versus the Nets. Like, you got to see yeah, LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> what is LeBron like courtside? Because that's a 1% in terms of people that will get to experience that. Yeah, but now you know why I'm a Nets right, fan. Right, totally. Because they let me experience that. Um, also, come on, man. They're, the, they're, the, they're a better run organization. Guys, True. They, I think the Knicks haven't signed a rookie to a, a, a pass the rookie contract in like 20 years. And the one that it looked like they were going in Porzingis leaves on yeah. such bad terms that he's getting booed like ridiculously when he comes back. The one that looked like it could have yeah. been the guy. Yeah, exactly. And that's in 20 years, you haven't signed one. Yeah, you could flip a coin and you can make better drafts True. than that. You know what I mean? So, so clearly it's not a well-run organization. No one wants to go there because it's not well-run. The Nets came to New York. They asked for nothing. They they just delivered results, right? They've been built. They they Durant they went all Kyrie in. Durant and Kyrie is going to be fun next year, man. Yeah, it'll be fun. I mean, if if it ever comes back, but I think we saw the last basketball game. But but um, but uh, yeah, you know, that well-run organization. They rebuilt in three years. Their stadium makes sense. It's not cramped, and 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 uh, the food there is good. Uh, it's easier to get to. Uh, I'm only with the Nets, man. But uh, yeah, LeBron live is, I mean, that's one of the big things I wanted to see, of course. And he's um What did you take away? Huge, yeah, what did you take <laughs> away other than Jesus. his size? He's, um, I mean, he's he's huge. He, um, here's the thing. I don't, I don't know if you remember uh, Brian Scalabrini yes. playing. So... Scalabrini has this famous white mamba challenge because he became, he retired at, um, I think he retired like 35, 34, 36, around his prime. And he went to radio broadcasting and he was doing radio broadcasts and everyone would always talk shit to him. He'd get all this, you know, haters and trolls and all this uh, uh, crap about how he's like the worst player in the NBA. I could beat you, blah, blah. All these people would keep harassing him. And so finally, he, I, part of it was making content and part of it was, I, I guess he got frustrated. He went like, hey guys, listen, send in your tapes. If you think you can beat me, send in your tapes. I'll pick the best four. We'll play one-on-one. And so there's video of it on YouTube of him playing one of these guys. He just destroys everybody. And he's saying that people aren't taking into account the size and speed of it and i'm watching lebron and i'm like this guy is way like way too fast so way too strong yeah it's so insane watching him play and um but i mean that's everybody in the nba to be quite honest he's obviously a a, a step ahead even at his age right now but everyone in the nba is a ridiculous athlete so when you're sitting courtside uh-huh. you're watching these like you're essentially watching like x-men versus the avengers just like you know, I don't care what team you watch. You could be the, you know, the lowest ranked teams on on in the NBA. You're still watching superhumans, like go at it. So that's that's where I lo- that's what I love about uh, uh, basketball, and that's why I respect all pro athletes, man. If you, I mean, the 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 percentage to make uh, in the NBA, how good you have to be to be in the NBA is is unbelievable. You know. But what you were saying about how big these guys are and how strong they are, there's that clip of Shaq flipping Lefko oh, on TNT man. from a few weeks back. If you watch that. that clip, you would think that Lefko was like five foot seven at most. Right. Lefko's like <laughs> three. Shaq is like Shaq is so big 
that after my first few times hosting that show and standing next to him, I started for the first time ever getting, you're so short, what's it like to be so short? And I'm 6'2". Right. And that's how big Shaq is, that it causes people to insult me on my height. That's the difference. <laughs> there's, there's this photo of like The Rock next to Shaq, and Shaq makes The Rock look like, like a little baby. That's, he walks in and people are just like dumbfounded. Because it's just the, and then you think about LeBron and right. you think that he's one inch and 10 pounds lighter than Carl Malone. You talked about Carl Malone, right? but he's flying. And I, you watch Carl yeah. Malone now and he looks like he works construction on the West End. You know, it's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These guys are huge. You know, they're There's a guys. great picture on the internet. You can find it. It's uh, Shaq, Yao Ming and Christina Aguilera. And she looks like she's a doll. <laughs> <laughs> just Google this photo. It's the most like startling photo from like an all-star game. You have to see it because she doesn't look like a real adult human. She looks like, like a little doll. Shaq is my, when people ask who are the most famous people for me, it's like that I've been around. It's like Shaq and Samuel L. Jackson. I saw that you did something to promote one of the Terminator movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I was curious yeah. if you had any Arnold stories or were you, what was he to you when you were, uh no it was huge and and the the whole i mean he's one of those guys i call he i call him um mom famous totally you know what i mean if you say his name even moms know him that's how like my mom you know with my mom there's maybe there's like four famous people yeah. right <laughs> who's the, who's the ronnie's you're, you're, mom four famous <laughs> she knows she knows seinfeld she knows schwarzenegger she knows um i don't know like uh, obama yeah. And then, like, and then it'll be like, I don't know, JFK or like Trump or someone, you know, like that level. And so, if you're not in that mom famous, you're not really famous. You know, you get it. No one, you like who's like who's uh, like for my mom. You know, it's like okay, maybe Tom Cruise is a bad example. Would your mom know LeBron? I don't know. That's, That's why. That's why yeah. it's weird. It's crazy. I mean, to be fair, my mom doesn't live in of America. Of course, of course. But that's mom so famous. She, you know, right. I wonder, I'll ask my mom if she knows LeBron. But she, you know, if you go like, who's who's in it right now? Like, she doesn't know who um, Lizzo is. Right. You know? She doesn't know who... She, I, I don't even know if she knows who Taylor Swift is. By the way, know, by the way, know, Ronnie so. Chang's mom reacts to Lizzo videos is a YouTube channel that would destroy... <laughs> <laughs> thanks man i got that we all need to come up with content that we can make from home exactly <laughs> she uh so but you um, walk in and you see arnold schwarzenegger yeah no that's not happening so what happens with arnold is he walks mm. in and then everyone because everyone's waiting for him so we're filming a commercial so you everyone's just waiting for him to show up and he's doing a press tour so, you know, I, and I've done press tours. Obviously, I'm, I'm not Schwarzenegger and yeah. his level, or, but, but I've done press tours and I know what is. No, it's one after the other. So, you know, you can get a bit tired. So he comes in um, and, you know, he's ready to go. But it's, it's very much like, okay, you got, we got 10 yeah. minutes to film this one sketch. One take, nail it. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, we got one, one take. And he was really cool. You know, he would, he would interact with me, um, meaning, we, you know, we're doing a sketch is very, there's a lot of improv. So we would just, we, we would just, you know, imp, I was improv with Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was pretty crazy. Well. And Gabriel Luna, who was also in Terminator, he was a really cool guy as well. Luna, you know, Gabriel Luna was, um, 
uh, equally as friendly. Yeah, we. So you probably did a press tour for um, the big movie, and I'm curious, what was your your moment? Did you have a moment where you went, "Wow, this movie is fucking big"? Like you probably thought it might, um, but then it was like, "Whoa!" Because that, I mean, that movie was everywhere. Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, sorry, I'm talking about Crazy Rich Asians. I thought you were talking about Terminator. No, yeah, no. Um, Terminator Two, <laughs> Terminator as well. Uh, what was but, it like uh, being a Terminator? Crazy- <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we didn't know it was blowing up until, um, uh, I mean, w- when we were doing it, we have no idea how people are going to receive it. I mean, that's the thing with making stuff, right? Like when you're in the moment, you don't mm-hmm. really know and you shouldn't really care. In my opinion, you should be kind of Agreed. patriots, right? You should be in the moment. Just get the process right. Making, let it take care of itself. Yeah. It's good. It was <laughs> Yeah. And stay in the moment and make sure, you know, so we're filming it. I definitely felt magic on the set. Um, and I thought, man, this could, that, that was when I thought it could be something special because we were on set and you could feel the magic in the air. But you never know how things get cut together. And I, that's another thing that people don't understand, I think, is the number of things that have to go right for um, anything not to, go, to do sure. well. I mean, we, we're talking about movies right now, but... Imagine this chain of, you know, you need the right script, you need the right director, you need the right actors, you need the editor needs to have a good edit. And then assuming you nail all that stuff, not to mention the production design and, you know, all the nameless faces that toil endlessly on these things. Assuming you get everything right, if you don't get the marketing right, then everything falls through again, you know. How many great movies, you know, become cult classics because they couldn't figure out the market in time, you know, like... Shawshank Redemption or whatever it is. So all these things need to line up. And the odds of all that shit lining up, man, it's, you know, astronomical. One of my favorite things also on Netflix right now, I watched it on PBS originally, was the Mark Twain Award that went to Chappelle. And (laughs) Neil Brennan had an amazing speech uh, from beginning to end. And what I thought was so funny is he starts listing off all the movies that came out the same weekend that Half Baked came out. And it was it, it was yeah. Wag the Dog, uh, like Braveheart, Titanic. It was uh, Titanic. Yeah. And it was insane. And you yeah. go, everything could be great. And it won't even matter. Right. You know, like if you had a movie right. drop right before quarantine, like think about all those right. movies that, that got released that no one's seeing right now. It could be incredible. Right. You have no control. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, so... Um, I mean, it goes both ways, right? So as a creator, you you realize, you know, how hard it is to make stuff. And so it makes you appreciate when things do go well. It makes you kind of also let go of things you can't control. And then as a, a content uh, consumer, you know, uh, you, you, got, you, you should appreciate how hard, how hard it is to make totally. things and for anything to kind of, you know, get, get made. So I think it goes both ways. David seems to be, uh, he looks good. Like it looks like it's pretty he good. He looks good, but I can't tell if it's because we're far away. Right. Or it's because his hair's wet. Say it looks good, Em. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once this thing dries, it poofs up. <laughs> um, hey, but if you keep it, if you keep it like, you kind of look like a, uh, you know, I feel like you're going for that 1920s, like little razor Ramon, back. white t-shirt yeah. <laughs> with like a leather jacket look. 
<laughs> oh, I was thinking like the Peaky Blinders look where it's like yeah. fully shaved side of the head and then like the Cillian Murphy on the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good look too. <laughs> if you were, uh, Ronnie, if you were asked right now uh, by The Daily Show to kind of do anything you want to commentary on anything during this experience, what would you pick to focus on? During this, yeah, this quarantine, you're like Ronnie. You're the only one in the world that's allowed to go anywhere and interview anybody and do a story on anything. Oh. What would you pick? Oh, damn, that's a good question. Um, uh, and how would you wow, handle that's yourself that's at one of the press briefings if you were allowed to go? <laughs> if I was allowed to cover anything, damn, I think I probably uh, okay. Well, yeah, okay, I probably just go to White House. Just go to the White House and just start yelling out questions. It's been, it's been pretty wild. To <laughs> Wait, in this hypothetical, I cannot get arrested, yeah, so you, right? Yeah, you, you're... Okay, then, yeah. I'm, I'm going to a White House press briefing for sure. That thing looks, that thing looks insane. <laughs> I love to go to a White House press briefing. It's been wild to watch, man, because it's, it's weird yeah. that we're all watching the same thing at the same time anyway. Yeah. And the fact that yeah. we're experiencing it and it's... He, he just goes all over the place. Like the blow up the other day was yeah. nuts. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little, it's also, I mean, because if you watch like other press conferences from leaders right now, and then you compare it to that. And uh, I know there's people who are like, that's what makes him great. Or America is a different country. But it was interesting because I came to Australia. Right. Right, and so I was in Australia right when this thing was Tom hitting. Hanks when the, when in the, Australia, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I got to see the Australian government do the same kind of press conferences, right? And so it was, it was like so refreshing to be like, oh yeah, that's what calm. That's what you can you can differ in politics, yeah. but that's what calm, capable leadership is supposed to look like. It's a guy kind of explaining what the problem is, explaining what yeah. solutions uh, they're putting in place and explaining and calming people down, reassuring people. That's what leadership is supposed to I look like. I think that's like. why people are so you... obsessed with Cuomo right now. Because Cuomo's got yeah, the whole thing, it... man. He comes out with the polo shirt. It looks like he just cranked out 15 push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell he only ate egg whites, no yolk, like went out there yeah. and he goes, here's the deal. And it's, I don't yeah. usually like watching PowerPoint presentations, but his are always yeah. clean. Yeah. And so, hey, I mean, I don't know, whatever your politics are, can you not see that to those two comparisons and go like, oh, that's what it's supposed to look like, right? We're not supposed to be analyzing his goddamn tweets afterwards for who he's going after now. We're supposed to be, hey, guys, listen, this is the problem. These are the solutions to put in place. It's going to be fine. <laughs> it's what you want yeah. to hear. <laughs> it's unbelievable, man. Yeah. It's, uh... So, I mean, I, it's interesting, right? That So you guys at the Bleacher Report, I mean, you know, sports fans, the political uh, leaning of sports fans, you know, it spans the whole spectrum. Everybody. Right, I would say. Yeah. yeah so it's interesting, you know, but like how, how, are you, how, how do you deal with it? I think that everyone's watching from selfish perspectives. And I think people that are sports obsessed are watching going – when are we going to get out of here? When are we going to get games? That's, I think, the, the main question in sports fans. But like you said earlier, yeah. the number one thing that's going to be tough is huge amounts of people in stadiums and arenas. And so even when yeah. we get excited about a July, ooh, July 1, 
there's we already had the basketball association in China try and bring people in and go, whoa, this is awful. Can't do it. I I just I don't know how we're going to consume sports. Is sort of the the sports mindset that people are having. Right. It's less political. Well, here, here's here's my here's my pitch for continuing the NBA right now is. The NBA, first of all, we established in America, NBA players are the only people who can get tested. That's right. So we're already testing them. For some reason, NBA players are the one, one class of people we're going to test for, yeah. for uh, COVID. Well, you so know what? If we needed to send a group of people to fight something, NBA, we talked about it before, NBA players are at the top of the list. Yeah, just send these guys. I mean, honestly, the it, Space Jam 2 would be aliens coming and going, oh, you guys got really big and strong and we can't. I, I thought you were like, going to say that like they're monsters. currently altering Space Jam 2 to be like Space Jam 2, the fight against <laughs> coronavirus, the fight against COVID-19. <laughs> no, no, Space Jam 2 is going to be like War of the World. Wait, but that's they come what it and then is. They no, get they the virus shrink NBA stars and then inject you into your bloodstream like Magic School Bus <laughs> yeah. to fight off corona. Yeah, they start dunking on Corona. That'd be awesome. You got, That's how you beat Corona. Man, like, is an alley. Yeah, you dunk. <laughs> um, my pitch for continuing the NBA is get all the players back. Look, LeBron's. We need to see prime LeBron, or you know, this. He's not getting any younger. No. Let's let's go. Um, every quarter, test the players. Every quarter, test the players. If yeah, if you're if you don't if you're if you're test negative for 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 coronavirus, you keep playing. Right, stadium empty, empty stadium. Just go. I mean, th- look. In fact, there, there's because- legit discussions right now about taking a place yep. like Vegas and an entire yep. lobby, like a hotel and everything, and just that's where NBA yep. players live. But then, what do you do with the families? What do you do with? <laughs> come on, man, they're NBA players. What do you do with the the the, the bumble? Yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah. So, but honestly, just because what we how, how many games were left in the I season? I believe there was, was- about not. Uh, I want to say. Anywhere between like six and eleven regular season games, right, right. So it's it's doable, you know, six to eleven games. Yo, and and do the math. If if you want able to, if you're out of the playoffs already, that's fine. Don't you don't need to play. Just the guys who are gonna, you know, be in the playoffs. Let's fight for a playoff spot, and then just play in the empty you stadium. You just made and me realize one of the most annoying things about this. One, we're losing it. One of the last, I would assume, prime years of LeBron on the number one seed in the Western Conference. And that means that for like the next 50 years, anytime we have the GOAT debate, there's always going to be these imaginary titles. You know what I mean? Like 50 years from now, they're going to go, yeah, but Giannis would have had one in 2020. And then someone goes, no, LeBron, we're going to, that's going to suck. It's going to suck. And it's going to get a lot lot of people, um, uh, it's going to keep a lot of jobs with all the discussion that's going to happen because of it. Let me give you the other side of that debate, though, because that's uh, the reason that Red Sox fans get to claim Ted Williams is the greatest baseball player of all time, because he missed like four years in his prime to go be a fighter pilot. So we get to be like, oh, in those four years, he would have hit 75 home runs every single one of those years. So he's definitely I don't know what's more impressive, the fact that you knew that about Ted Williams or the fact that Emily backwards was trying to cut the side of your head. That was scary. Yeah. (laughs) It looked like it looked like a golf player trying to hit the swing with the offhand backwards. <laughs> Have you seen that before? Oh, like yeah, like Tiger Woods. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's next to a tree or something. Yeah, and they have I really don't know what's going on back there, so I've just decided to read. All right, five. actually, this is a perfect time. So the one thing, are, Ronnie, are you with? How many people are you quarantining with? 
I'm quarantined with my okay, wife. So it's the one and person. I am quarantined with my fiance. Ingber has a little bit of a group with him. But one thing yeah. that can happen is little annoyances could pop up. So we've picked <laughs> um, certain athletes, coaches, owners in the NFL and the NBA, and we were curious what is the annoying habit that they have. Um, I'm going to start off, and we're going to start with LeBron because we were talking about him earlier. I believe that LeBron's annoying habit is that he reads Instagram captions out loud. So you're not asking, (laughs) but I think he's on the couch and he's like, me and Gabby hanging out with little caveat. Hey, look, Dwayne Wade posted. It's I don't need you to announce Instagram. We all follow. We all get it. That's that's LeBron's (laughs) annoying habit. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I got one for – um, Bill Belichick. Okay. I think Bill. I think Bill Belichick's annoying habit is that you you can never, no matter what he does, you can never, you, you can't win an argument with him because he'll just he won't even he'll just go on to the next. He's just moving like, along. We'll pass, yeah, we'll pass discussing who has control of the remote. Okay, we're well, on to the next show. That's it. We'll just, he's just for me, for Bill Belichick. I just think because he can't fly around and do his normal scouting, I feel like he's having like anyone in his circle, his neighbors, whoever like watch footage of intramural quarterbacks from like around like D2, D3, just to do his due diligence. Like, Hey, you know that, like that guy at Chadron state, he's actually got a pretty good cannon. Like we should definitely take a look at him in the enlisting his neighbors to get this stuff done. Yeah, and like his wife or his girlfriend or his kids. He's just like, guys, I just need you. I have so many tapes. Mine for Belichick (laughs) is, I feel like he's a chronic, where is my blank guy? Like, I feel like he walks (laughs) into the kitchen and he's like, have you seen my shorts? Just constantly asking for things that he himself should know where they are. (laughs) Or like the drawer that has all the pens is suddenly out of pens. Where did all the pens go? I bought a box of pens at Staples two yeah, weeks ago. And, and actually, that was like three years ago. We've gone through all those pens. Totally. <laughs> right. Um, do you want to start with one? Oh, sure. But I just wanted to throw yes. a little LeBron at you first. Uh, LeBron, every time they're getting ready for lunch or dinner, he's trying to do an alliterative day of the week thing. Gotcha. So he's like, oh, wheat bread Wednesday. And, Few silly Fridays. Material. Like he's really trying to get him to catch on. Yeah. spaghetti saturdays guys and they're like dad god yeah tiktok obsessed lebron for sure too um i'll go with aaron Rodgers next aaron Rodgers just strikes me as the guy that would angrily read a boring book just to prove that he did (laughs) so i feel like he's going through the last five years of like new york times bestsellers looking for the most boring title as like a 700 page biography of some civil war general just so we can be like, yeah, I read that. Did you read it? You want to talk about it? Oh, here's what I learned from it. I hated it. I hated it. <laughs> yeah, I hated it. But I got through it because I'm a legend. I like that one. This is probably going to get me more haters than um, than uh, me talking about Trump on your podcast. But that's exactly how I felt about The Law of the Rings. I hate read the entire series of it. Just so I could say I read it. And <laughs> I didn't get that. this. I. Every two pages, that's like a song, and I don't know what the tune is, so I'm just reading the lyrics. Just, I love that you that believe that there's a large contingent of my audience that read The Lord of the Rings. That's amazing. <laughs> I appreciate that. And they're all to the tune. They're all to the tune of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. If that helps you. In that in that book, I I think my Aaron Rodgers annoying habit is he definitely he definitely reads uh, Facebook, gets angry, 
and will will talk to other people about how annoying, how much he doesn't care about what's posted on Facebook. Also, how angry he is mm. about uh, posts. <laughs> the, nice. the angrily I don't care guy, because you know it's just yeah, roasting in yeah. there, but at the same time, yeah. I don't. I need to show you how much I don't care. Yeah. All right. I am going to go with uh, Kyrie Irving of your Brooklyn Nets. And I believe <laughs> that Kyrie's annoying trait is that he ruins your Netflix algorithm. That, that you <laughs> go on and instead of cinematic uh, pieces of art and great stand-up, you're like seven different documentaries on like, is fat changing society? It's, it's like a lot of conspiracy <laughs> movies. Your Netflix is destroyed. Yeah. I also think that he's a pen I think, clicker. I think that he's just <laughs> sitting there just and then looks at you and goes, is this annoying? <laughs> this is kind of piggybacking off Adams, but I think Kyrie's annoying habit is he's the guy who anytime there's a online discussion he'll will, he'll be the guy that, who posts links to youtube videos <clears throat> and he'll be like just watch this this will explain and he won't everything. explain yeah this will explain everything just watch this man you're wrong watch this i bet you haven't seen this so obviously you haven't watched this video he's that guy who keeps posting youtube videos in lieu of a, con- a concise coherent argument yeah here's a 15 minute <laughs> rambling youtube <laughs> ingber you got quite the uh, proof for me for right kyrie now. Thank you. Yeah, I'm getting very poofy up there. Uh, for me, for Kyrie, I think Kyrie is that guy who, when he's sitting in an office chair, is dribbling a basketball. Yeah, <laughs> well, sure. between the legs. Like between that's how he relaxes constantly. Yeah, just like a lot of drills. He's doing the spider, and like who I don't know if he's married or if he's got some roommates or whatever. But like that thudding, they're like, dude, yeah. what? Are, come on, you don't have to do it 17 hours a day. But shout out, shout out, Kyrie, man, Australian. He's Australian. Yep. Yeah. Born in you Melbourne, guys claim Australia. everybody. You claim yeah. anyone who ever visited Australia. <laughs> Australians claim them as an Australian yeah. dude. Like, no, oh, yeah, he born. had a layover in Melbourne once. He's born in Australia. He's a Melbourne boy. <laughs> he could actually play for the Australian national team. I mean, it's too late now. He's played for yeah. the US, but he could have played. Yeah, but that's right. Um, <laughs> if you've ever been to Ayers Rock, you're technically I've an Australian. Ayers Rock. <laughs> oh, when did you go to Australia? I went when I was 13. So I was, uh, my parents signed me up for this thing. It was like a people to people. And I went to Australia for three weeks as like a seventh or eighth grader. And I could have taken in so much of the culture, but I was on a trip with girls and I was 13 years old. And that was the first time that I ever really kind of kissed. Like that's the shit that became the trip itself. But Australia, I remember the Sydney Opera House. I remember Ayers Rock. I remember, I remember like kangaroos and buying like a kangaroo nut sack. Uh, uh, what's it called? Change purse. Like, I don't even They said it. Yeah. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. I know. Everybody buys that the first time they go. I bought it as well. Yeah. <laughs> I bought that thing as well. I love that we all have somewhere tucked away a kangaroo yeah. nutsack change purse. Nutsack, yeah. It's it's just a it, every time every they get everybody. How can you not? Just come in. Did, did Emily did Emily um, visualize what she wanted before she started? Uh, no, I think she's free forming this. I think she's like, uh, one of those like sculptors that just looks at the marble and says this, this shape will reveal itself to me as I start sculpting. I think that's from here. It actually looks good. 
but I need to see close up and I need to see like a professional. You look like a stand up comedian in The Marvelous Miss Maisel that makes jokes at Miss Maisel's expense. Okay. You know what? Ronnie said it looks good from there. And I don't plan on being within six to 10 feet of any other humans for the next like year or so. So as long as the haircut looks good from a, like a reasonable middle distance, that's actually the perfect haircut. It's actually Emily says it's horrible from here. Oh. There was actually one point when I was on mute where she was like leaning down and she whispered into my ear, oh, this is not good. <laughs> just nice, simple, uh, just give me, that is, give that me That should be a zoom filter. There should be a haircut zoom filter that it makes you look like you've gotten a haircut. Yeah, and you're a potato yeah. like that haircut. Um, do you guys have any for John Gruden for what his annoyance is during uh, – uh, quarantine. Uh, I do. Gruden, John Gruden's annoying habit will be he's the guy who keeps he'll keep rewinding movies nice. to, to the previous scene because he keeps missing out on what was said. That's he good. Just, he was like, oh wait, that scene was good. Let's watch One it. One of mine for Gruden was related to movies too. I believe that he talks during movies. Like the whole time. He's doing play by play and he's also a chronic this is the best part. And he'll say that like three <laughs> times during this is the best part. Yeah. <laughs> Um, or the the like the he doesn't think it's a spoiler, but everyone else in the room thinks it's a spoiler. He's like he's like oh watch out for that character, and they're like dad, and he's like no no I'm not I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying like watch out for that guy. The other one I had for Gruden, I also the thought, other one I had for Gruden was he spills a lot. He just looks like a guy that spills a lot, and then just sits there and goes <sighs> and just stares at. It. I had Gruden like watching his relatives TikTok videos and breaking down the film because he just misses breaking down film. So he's like, he's like, now look here, you're, you're sort of, you're walking into the film a little bit late. I don't think these guys are lined up. They should be shoulder to shoulder. I, you know, we're gonna have to look at this again. I love that. Oh, uh, for Russell Wilson, I had, he, um, he updates you on his schedule as the day is going on. He, he kind of looks at you and he goes, he just got done the 10 o'clock meeting, got 11 o'clock lunch, one thirty train. How you doing? It's like, I, I didn't need all that fucking update, bro. <laughs> Russell Wilson's the guy who he's, he'll try to rope you into doing push-ups with him. Come on. He's like, come on, just, come on, just, just 10. 10. We'll just do 10 right now. We'll just 10, we'll just 10 right now. Come on. Or like, yeah, he's, he's got like a push-up challenge and he's tagging you on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, at Ronnie Chang, you're the one that has to do it next. And you're like, I didn't ask for Is you she this. wrapping up? Is, is Emily wrapping up? I think she's getting the back and the bottom of it before she really starts attacking the like bulk of the hair up here. You look, you look, she took 10 years off you, man. You look younger. Do I look good? Oh, yeah. you're done? No, I'm not done. <laughs> oh, she's not done. Okay. Um, I think Russell Wilson is uh, practicing his pre-snap cadence in a mirror a lot. <laughs> just talk. Couldn't you see him just, I, you know what? Just, just shirtless, just staring into a full-length mirror like, Razor! Razor! Now, how do you think, Ciara? Does that sound, should I be lower? Should I be to deeper? To go <laughs> off of that, I could also see Russell Wilson as being a guy that uses the, the bathroom for too long. Mm. Makes the family go, what's he doing in there? A lot. And he's talking to himself, talking to the and mirror. He, and he spends way too much time to make it look like he just rolled out of bed. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Another Miss Maisel. It's like he wants to get that perfect messy hair thing going. Yeah. Um, to that point, I thought when I was looking at the names, James Harden was the one we would all probably come up with the same one. And that's hair in the drain guy. 
<laughs> I just feel like when James Harden takes a shower, you know he just took a shower. And there's that uns- – because there's something about – you could see one thing in a shower and it makes you feel unclean. Like if you go in there and there's a long <laughs> hair that's not yours, that shower feels unclean. If there's a spider in the top right corner, I need to get out of here. For Harden, it's just <laughs> a matted dream. A matted dream. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think James Harden is a messy bathroom guy. I think his bathroom's a mess. I don't think it's dirty. I think it's a mess. I think there's hair product, there's skincare stuff, there's probably like, you know, all sorts of beard maintenance equipment. It's just like, you know those it's just a mess. Just too much cans, it's too many a lot of product. too much plastic. A lot of product, yeah. I think for Harden, he's uh, he's been driving his people crazy because he's looking into the, the like the city planning logistics of putting a nightclub in his basement. <laughs> he's like been trying to get all the red tape, all the T's uh, crossed and the, and the I's dotted. He's just like, next time there's a quarantine, I need to be ready and I need to have like the hippest club in Houston in my basement. Right, Don't you also see James Harden being a guy that finishes something and then puts it back in the fridge? Like finishes yeah. the OJ and still seals it up and puts it on the top rack. Man, just gives away all of our character flaws. Yeah. Do you have anything for uh, Brady? Brady, I think his annoying thing is he's just eating a bunch of stuff that no one wants to eat during quarantine. He's eating the, you know, he's going for the seeds. He's going for the the sugarless yogurt he's probably got the, to that you know. i could see him being the guy that when like you know how like you and your wife put together the shopping list he's yeah, the one yeah. that's like we don't need that and it's all the good stuff yeah. that he's saying we don't need yeah that. Yeah. yeah yeah he's yeah, the sign yeah. that we all need to be on a diet together <laughs> yeah yeah he's like steaming the eggs like it's uh, you know it's just bland very flavorless and you're like yo we're in quarantine the world is ending it's time to end the the brady now's diet. the time can, to go it's in it's fine you're 43. It's fine. We can just I also, I see have, a, have a muffin. As a leave of dishes on the coffee table guy. Where I, <laughs> and I feel like Giselle is like, first we moved to Tampa, and now you don't put away the dishes. I, he's just, I feel like he gets roped. Like, I'm playing with the kids. You should be playing with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any left, Ingber, and other ones that you definitely want to get off right now? Um, can you remind me of the names? I'm uh, unable to Jones. look at my laptop from this distance. Uh, do you have a Jerry? Oh, Mark, oh Cuban. Mark Cuban. So Mark Cuban is the classic billionaire who his main businesses are all shut down right now. Right. So he's looking to the small businesses that he's invested in and he's calling them like, guys, we really got to push sales on kiss sticks and uh, shower daddy and uh, <laughs> sweet balls. That's an actual company sweet that he invested balls? in. We got to really be sweet balls with a Z. Uh, he's like, guys, we really got to be pushing these sales. We got to get these ships out because uh, data needs a little extra 10%. He's the helicopter investor in these times. Yeah. And like, he hasn't answered their call in two years, but now all of a sudden he's like just blowing up their DMs at all times. Like, <laughs> guys, we, gotta, we really got to push sales. My, uh, my one for Jerry Jones was he's the guy that just discovered that he can FaceTime and he does it when no one wants it. In his own home, he's like, hey, take a look at Cheryl. And, and you're like, you have no makeup on and his wife's what the hell. And then the other side, you're like, why is Jerry Jones FaceTiming me at 5 p.m.? Yeah, I think he's he just discovered and all of his FaceTimes look like this. <laughs> yeah. 
I actually went in a similar direction with Jerry Jones, like phone related. I think Jerry Jones is the guy that always wants to show you what a famous person texted him. <laughs> yeah. You know, that guy who's like, he's, you know, like he just happens to be friends with Bill Walton from college. And he's like, Hey, I just got, check out this out. I just got a text from Bill Walton. Yeah. And like, I'm a little but, bit but of Jerry that. Jones is surrounded. I, I do that. <laughs> it was like surrounded by famous people at all times he has like every ceo and politician and athlete in his phone but he's still like you know he just texted me check this out you know he just texted me zeke elliott jerry <laughs> just totally me. would do that 100 <laughs> percent. yeah you you mean your employee just tested tested uh <laughs> right <laughs> Uh, Rock. What do you What do you say? I'm not getting paid enough. Uh, I think, uh, <laughs> David. I'm not gonna lie. The haircut looks pretty impressive. They think it looks great, Em. That's insane. You have a bowl cut. You have she a bowl cut. Bowl cut. Another thing that we're gonna, ah, no. never gonna have. No, I mean, if you look at David from what six feet away through a low res camera, it looks really good. And that's the kind of magic we will have here on the Left Coast Show. Ronnie. And, and that's the that's kind of haircut brand. you need for these times. It's a Zoom haircut. You got a great Zoom haircut. A great haircut for Zoom. Ronnie, man, I appreciate you making some time. Uh, wh- what time is it in Australia right now? Uh, it's uh, 9. Wow. So Amazing. But uh, no, thanks for having me on the show and thanks for watching the special. Really and I, I want to say it again, if you have not seen it, go on Netflix, watch it now. It's look, I'm, I, I respect comedy so much because it's the act of making it seem impromptu. Uh, and, and it's completely produced and planned and it's an art form. And I thought that there's been a lot of interesting takes on it in the last year or two, but I thought your storytelling was great. So if you are listening and you haven't seen it, go watch it now. Uh, thank you to Eve for setting this up. I'm not letting her get out of here unscathed. Um, and then Ingber, thank you for making the connection, man. Uh, and I'm, I'm proud that you got your haircut on the pod. This is beautiful. Yeah, can I give uh, my wife 30 seconds of open mic just to, in if case she, she needs to, to say anything? Mariah Carey, whatever she wants. What, what am I saying? Say whatever you want. Hey, what's up? Um, this is not, I know it probably looks fine from where you are but this is like um mary lou retton was that her name <laughs> we're getting a bowl cut that's what we're getting so are you gonna that's great are you gonna dave do you think you're gonna shave it off <laughs> <laughs> i honestly i have not been wearing my glasses for the entire hour so i have zero i i have really really bad vision so i have no idea what it looks like i am a like blurry kind of like brown hair and white skin blob in my computer right now i have no idea what this looks so like. it looks good is what you're saying yeah it looks amazing yeah, yeah i'm gonna shave my head Ingrid, take a picture of it uh towards the end and if you can get emily to take close-ups of the parts that she thinks are the most egregious i would appreciate those <laughs> well, all right thank you guys for ronnie for ingber make sure you're washing your hands with the passion of someone who just handled jalapenos and is about to put in his contact oh, lenses. I forgot, Ronnie, you have to have like a little tagline for Ronnie. All oh, right. Um, hey guys, look, we're in quarantine. Hygiene doesn't really matter anymore. Just do whatever you want. <laughs> On the L-E-F-K-O-E, man. And we will holla, holla, holla at you later. Peace. I feel really good about a lot of ones I came up with. I think the ones I liked the most um, I definitely think James Harden's leaving hair in the drain. I definitely yes. think Kyrie is ruining your Netflix algorithm. And I think the other one that I'm really confident in is that uh, Gruden spills a lot. He's a spiller, and I'll stand by it. Do you have any extra now that you've had the night to think about it? 
Uh, yeah, I would say that uh, Jeff Van Gundy is doing a lot of planning DIY projects, but not actually doing them. He's just diagramming it out. Like, all right, so you're going to be over here. You know, the, the, the Ikea box is going to sit here and I'm going to take out the nails. I'm going to put them here. And there's just a lot of thinking, a lot of diagramming. But like but the birdhouse never gets constructed. <laughs> right. Um, I think Giannis is doing that thing where he wants to see if he can go from one end of the house to the other end of the house in three steps. I was going to say, if I'm going to play off that, he's the kind of guy that is in – he uses his feet. How far, how big of a table is that? And he just like goes up and walks and he's like a six feet. And you're like, no, yeah, your feet are huge. Yeah. Something with walking in space. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, our man, Greg Popovich, I feel like he, I just would not want to have wine with him. Cause I think he would get mad at you for not liking the right wine or for like, I, I'm the guy that's like, most wine tastes fine to me. Like when someone's like, can you describe this wine? I'm like, it tastes red wine-ish <laughs> as far as it goes. And I feel like if he's got some family over and they're having like a nice piece of fish, but someone wants a red wine with it, he's like, oh, what are you, you're going to ruin the, the acidic overtone. I'm like, I don't know, you know. I could also see him being a little bit um, aggressive and I could see him realizing that you don't know about wine and then one day being like, do you like it? And you're like, you know what? I really do. It's a little bit sweet. And he goes, it's Boone's farm. And I spit in it and then walks away. <laughs> like just like he, he, he serves you trash to let you know you're trash. Um, you would love this. Uh, the, the guy who wrote Freakonomics, Stephen Levitt, he did a thing where he just started his own fake restaurant so that he could put all of his favorite wines on a wine list. And then he called like a tastemaker wine magazine and said, check out my wine list. And he ended up winning a wine award from this magazine, even though the restaurant didn't exist. He just wanted to prove that like something to wine snobs. It was a very funny experiment. Wow. What, what, what was he trying to show? That his wines that he had picked were the best or that it was easy to scam that? that yeah, that the, the thing could be gamed because a lot of top restaurants were saying, we have a, a notification from this top wine publisher magazine. And he was like, literally, I just copied and pasted all the best wines onto a sheet of paper. And then I didn't open a restaurant. I just had a voicemail that said, oh. welcome to a fancy restaurant. And then he got an award. That's so similar to a Spite store. That yes, exactly. That makes me so happy. Yeah, I knew you'd like that. I was that watching, but, but before we get to DeAndre Swift, I was just watching, uh, I was illegally streaming NFL Network because it's quarantine, get off me. And it was interesting because one of the questions that Daniel Jeremiah was asked was, do we expect there to be a lot of trades or no? And he said that he thinks that on the first day, there's going to be a lot of trades because teams have already discussed it. Hey, if you want to get up to five, what's it going to take for me to get to 17? Kind of stuff like that. Yep. But then once it starts speeding up in the second and third round, there's going to be so much to keep track of that, like, that it's going to be impossible in the five minutes that you have to make phone calls and negotiate while also trying to communicate with everybody else. Because once it starts going, it is a freight train. Like, Ingber... I really want you to just kind of sit in on our live show, which is going to be airing on YouTube and the BR app. Make sure you watch me, Matt Miller, Connor Rogers, the football guys, every pick. And if we get information before the television, we're going to beat them. But the thing, I just want you to experience it because there's the video and then Sean McManus gets in your ear and goes, uh, two more picks have been made. And you're, and you're like, we're never going to catch up. It's insane. Right. But I, I'm very curious if there are, because I have to imagine that over the years, there have been some owners and some GMs that have had that, that 
perfect nerdy guy next to him. And by the way, that last pick was traded, giving them information. And now there's going to be a point where some of these people are going to have, I'm on an island. And I know that there's going to be Zoom calls. And I just, I really hope some of this footage comes to light of people reacting to technical difficulties and people saying, F it, here's my pick, and just going completely rogue. I think there are going to be moments that I hope are chronicled for all of us to see for years to come. That would be amazing. I've always said that the NFL draft and the NBA draft should just be the 30 or 32 GMs sitting in a room with no phones, no internet. And they just, and it was just, the whole thing is just live streamed from an overhead camera. And it's just, if you want to make a trade with, you know, uh, with somebody on the other side of the room, you have to walk over to them and the other guys can hear you and then they can start outbidding each other. No internet, no anything, no war rooms, just just a bunch of guys in a room all from the different teams. I feel like that would be my best version of this. So we're seeing a different kind of like scaled down, but technologically impaired version, which I, I you, you know, I love carnage. I think the, the potential for carnage is very, very high with this draft. I was, I was just did slow news day with Kevin Clark and he asked, he brought up that Goodell's going to be presenting from his basement. Yeah. And I said that if I was Goodell, I would get a, a soundboard and I would boo myself uh, to take away that joke from everybody. Mm-hmm. But I'm also wondering, do you think we're going to really see Goodell's basement? Or do you think it's going to be like a green screen situation? What, what's your prediction? I think that he has been watching the Left Go show for the last few months, and he's seen the epitome of great basements in Warren Sharp. And, you know, because oh. that's a beautiful basement. That is you like. You know what? If Roger Goodell comes out with almost like an SNL type like type intro with like a zoom beach background right and uh-huh. like there's like an edited little piece from Roger Goodell's basement it's the NFL draft like i if goodell has an opportunity in my opinion to win everybody over or get annihilated and i think to win everybody over it takes effort but if it's just his basement the amount of screenshots and zooming that I'm going to be doing afterwards will be un- be crazy. Yeah, if he has like a 1970s like wood panel basement with a bumper pool table back there, like oh. he's going to get annihilated. Like, look, you know, the NFL, they're probably hiring all these extra technical specialists and IT guys and security guys and all these people. But I bet the one thing they're not hiring is a comedy writer. And I really hope that they actually get, some, maybe they get Ronnie Chang to just come in and consult. Like, what are some really freaking funny bits that Roger Goodell could do for his, uh, his Zoom draft? You're right. Because look, David Stern, one of the reasons he was beloved was because he owned the moment. He would his, put his hand up to his ear for booze. He would go out there and he would celebrate it. And it's the number one advice I give to young broadcasters, which is if somebody is a, like commenting bad on Instagram or Twitch or whatever, there's, I have a 95% rule. 95% of the time, somebody DMs me and says, you suck. And I say, hey, man, I hope you have a great day. They apologize. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to meet it head on. And I think Goodell needs to, this can be the time he really embraces it. He can control, he can't hear any of us. He's got to do it. Um, one thing you're going to learn in this upcoming DeAndre Swift interview is that apparently NFL draft prospects are only allowed 10 people total in the home, which sounds like Larry David's greatest conundrum. You know what I mean? Like you get down to that 10th spot and are you inviting the aunt that raised you or like your coach from high school? That sounds crazy. And, and, also, Ingber, when you were hearing that, did you go, that doesn't sound safe at all? 
Like it should be, it should be just the people that were in your home. Well, yeah, I think this is, this is something, this is a point that I've been making where just because you can only have 10 as the maximum doesn't mean you should have the maximum, right? Like this is, this is my big fear when stadiums are open again, everyone's going to say, well, they're open. I might as well go and not think, well, maybe I shouldn't go just because it's open. Doesn't mean I have to go to this thing. So if you're out there and you're a prospect and you're just living with your parents right now, there's no harm in just staying with your parents and have all your friends on calls and text them and, you know, there share is the a love huge after. debate. There's a huge debate right now because Dak Prescott had a small dinner party over his house and said it wasn't that big of a deal. And then everybody rightfully said, so said, no, you're not understanding. It doesn't matter that it's your birthday. You can't bring people that haven't been around you this entire time around you right now. It defeats the entire purpose of the last 30 days in which you've locked your doors to the world. And I do think that the NFL, as they're allowing Dak Prescott to get destroyed by telling incoming draft people that you're allowed to have 10, they just set up about 400 small dinner parties. The NFL just did that. If you're telling me, Adam, Bleach Report just said you're allowed to have nine coworkers over your house. Well, then in my head, I'm like, I kind of feel obligated. I got to invite nine. So this NFL draft, are they creating a bunch of small quarantine breaks? I don't know. That, that actually scared me when he said it. it it's did. just the difference between what you're allowed to do and what you should do. You know, just because you can go to Walmart doesn't mean you should go every single day, right? It's legal, but should you know, you know? I made enough supplies for four tacos. Should I have eaten four tacos? No. <laughs> it's exactly did I eat four thing. tacos? I did. And I'm going to be honest. I'm going to nap like a motherfucker. Here's my <laughs> interview with DeAndre Swift. On many boards, he's the number one running back in this upcoming draft. I have no idea where he's quarantined, but I do know this. My man went to the prep. I didn't know he went to the prep, but now I know he's Philly in his heart. Give it up for DeAndre Swift. The prep. Dude, you did a video with Bleacher Report. Like, what is it now? How many years ago were you announced that you were going to Georgia and you're running through the streets of Philadelphia? About three and a half, maybe four, three and a half. And now you're here getting ready for the draft, man. Did you grow up an Eagles fan? No, I ain't really had no specific team. I just always like watching football. I ain't really had no like favorite team when I was here. All right, so where, where are you right now? It looked like you had a nice little practice facility to kind of get some reps in. Yeah, I'm in Georgia. I'm in, um, in Georgia near my school right now. So what's interesting is I feel like at this point of the draft, usually they're talking to the draft guys and they're going, stay focused. Don't get distracted. You have no opportunity to get distracted right now. How in the zone are you right now? You don't got no choice but to be focused and stay in the zone. Um, it ain't really nothing to do other than try to be active and sleep. Like, it ain't nothing else to do. All right, so give me, give me a little A to Z what are your days like right now? How hard are you going and, and how are you using this time? Um, wake up, um, wake up about nine o'clock, take about an hour drive to the facility I'm at right now. Um, work out for about two hours, um, go back home and just chill and wait to wake up next morning and do it again. How much of your day is Zoom calls right now with NFL teams? Been real busy with a lot of interviews, a lot of on like FaceTime calls, Zoom calls. Um, been real busy with stuff like that. So, like, when you when you get a Zoom call, do you ever look at a coach's house and kind of see what they got behind them? Like, are you checking out these coaches' cribs? No, I ain't checking out the crib. I'm just trying to, you know, make sure they like what I'm saying and I can articulate whatever they ask me. Yeah. What What's the question you're getting the most these days, man? Really, I'm all I'm 
really what I'm getting is just um, background questions, asking how I grew up and stuff, and then, like, talking about film, talking about football. So mm. it's nothing too, like, out of the ordinary. It's got to be cool talking about film when your film's good. Like, I feel like that's a fun time to talk about film, and you're like, oh, that, that long touchdown? Yeah, yeah, that was great. You know, I mean, everybody got bad film, so you just kind of talk through the mistakes and stuff like that. They don't really put on all my good stuff. You got to talk through everything. So it's it's interesting, man. There's a lot of teams that I keep seeing connected to you. Uh, at the same point, I know your mentality is probably I'm ready to go wherever I need to go and to make an impact. Yeah, um, definitely. What I've always wondered, though, like, are your do your friends send you mock drafts? Do people send you pictures of you in jerseys? Like, you're not going to look for it, but I feel like it's going to come to you. Yeah, it's definitely hard not to see everything on social media. Like, as soon as you go on social media – if something is involving you, it's going to be at the top of the, the TL or the social feed. So you got to, you have to see it. Um, I don't, what, what's the, uh, what's the level of excitement, man? This is like a really cool part of your life. Would you have mm-hmm. gone to the draft? Uh, yeah, I'd have probably went. I got the invite. Yeah, I would have went. Is there part of you that's a little upset that you don't get to do the whole thing? Yeah. And no, I mean, um, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. If I was invited, I definitely would have wanted to experience that. But um, part of me still wanted to do something back home too. So kind of like force my hand with this now. You're right. Because like, there are some guys that want to be around family with no cameras. But then the other part is like after you've been killing it for six years and they show the footage of you going up and dapping Goodell and putting on that hat, it's, it's a cool thing to have too. I guess now it's going to be how can, can you have a lot of family around you with quarantine? How does that work? No, you, the NFL said you can't have more than 10 people in this in the little uh, virtual shot that they're going to do. So wherever I'm sitting at, it can't be more than 10 people around me. How do you pick 10, bro? <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I know mom and dad going to be one, two of them. Right. So you, mom, dad, so you got seven left. Like that's like I'm trying to do a wedding right now, and I'm like, I can't invite that friend. For you, you only get 10. Wow. All right, well, hold on. All right, so who do you think the first pick in the draft? You got, you got seven draft picks after you and your parents. Who do you do? You have any siblings? I do. I got I got uh, two sisters. Uh, They're in, so that's five. They automatically in. Um, I got a couple cousins that got to be in. Um, I mean, there's your ten, bro. So the agent, you know, you're, agent not gonna be there. Agent not gonna be there. Wow, that's a that's a really valuable. You know what? You should um, auction off one of the spots, but they have to be Corona free, and then you bring them in there, raise some money for charity. It'd be great. <laughs> I was uh, I was looking through the rosters today because I was trying to see if you were in a backfield with another running back, what would be a cool combination? Because Swift is such a cool name to pair. Have you had teammates who are Swift, whatever? Like it just went together perfectly. Not on those, like, last name situation. No, I ain't never really heard nothing crazy. Uh-uh. Okay, but, like, if me? you went – let's say you went to the Eagles, right? It would be, like, Swift Sanders, which I think is pretty cool. If you went to that Minnesota, cool. which they're not going to take you because they got Dalvin, but, like, Swift Cook, I think is pretty nice. No, that, I mean, we put it together like that, it would probably go with anything. That's, Indy? That's nice. Indy? Swift Mac or Mac Swift? Oof. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. And then I think if you went and joined Nick Chubb in, in Cleveland, but that would be Swift Chubb. I mean, that's that's a great sound, but it's also something that we're scared of, a Swift Chubb. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, 
Uh, who, who do you have? Do you have, who's the best advice guy you got right now? Who's the one that's just been dropping gems on you? Advice. Um, who do you turn to? Any, like if I have any questions about what you give me something I would need a question about. I would say about this upcoming journey. Cause I, there's a lot of people that have been through it. Who do you, who do you get to turn to? Anybody. Um, I have a couple friends that's in the league now. Um, a couple people from Philly that made it to the league that I'm close with that have been through this before. Um, stuff like that. No, people from Georgia. Um, yeah. Their relationships close. So any questions I have, ask somebody that's already been through this. All right. Well, I'm excited for you, man. Uh, I want to give you all the luck in the world. Uh, I think that it's going to be a really, really cool experience. And I think that your nine people you're going to share it with, it's going to be something you never forget. Man. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, brother. Be well. All right. Have a good one. All right, David, thank you again for allowing your haircut to be done during the Ronnie Chang interview. It was a pleasure. Uh, I think that if you haven't subscribed to the Left Coast Show uh, group on Facebook, now is the time to do it so you can see what David Ingber's hair looks like after self-haircut quarantine from his wife. Just a little update on the schedule for next week. We are going to have an episode on Monday with Mina Kimes. Uh, and I have not told her yet, and I don't want anyone to ruin the surprise, but I'm going to make her pick one player at every position, and that's the player that we're rooting for for the entire rest of their careers. It is on her. Don't ruin the surprise. Then, Tuesday or Wednesday, we're going to have an episode, on the last roundtable leading up to the draft. We're going to stick to football, guys. We're going to do a slight mock. Slight discussion of the biggest things, uh, the biggest topics. And then please join us Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's going to be the NFL Draft on Bleach Report. The production staff at this company is going balls to the wall. Pellegrino, Steinmetz, McKean, Mark, Tyler, Gabe, everybody. Eric, tons of people are involved getting equipment in our homes to make this happen. We would love for you to join us. If we can tip the picks early, we will. But we are not going to go back and talk about Tua when the Vikings take Denzel Mims at pick number 22 or whatever it is. So uh, we love the NFL draft every year. It is, I believe, my... It might be my seventh at Lee Triple. Sixth or seventh. I have to go check, but a big week coming next week uh, for David Inger. Take care of your body. Take care of your mind during these times. You are your own essential worker. Mm, I am the L-E-F-K-O-E man. Remember, you can save a taco for later. You don't need to eat it all now. We will holla, holla, holla. At you later. Peace. <laughs>